first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Yoshita from Florida. Today we'll be talking with Barry Sandrew from Immersive Hollywood, Sophia Carson from Feel the Beat, Reed Howard from Dads, and reviewing Feel the Beat. First, let's hear Catherine and Sahiba's interview with Barry Sandrew from Immersive Hollywood. Hi, this is Catherine reporting for Kids First. Today, I'm joined with my team member, Sahiba, to interview Dr. Barry Sandrew, a member of the Board of Advisors at Immersive Hollywood, which is a section of Digital Hollywood. So it's a pleasure to have you with us here today, um, Barry. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And you've had an absolutely fascinating career, um, but it all began with neuroscience. So how has your PhD in neuroscience impacted your visual effects and digital imaging career? Yeah, that's a question everybody asks me. You know, I was very fortunate in being involved with several technical fields that were in their pioneering stages when I entered them. I had no idea they were in their pioneering stages, but that's where they were. And it was easier to uh, create a mark in those fields uh, uh, at that stage. And, and I'm talking about uh, neuroscience, medical imaging, and uh, feature filmmaking. A good portion of my work in neuroscience involved medical imaging. And this was during, again, the pioneering days when medicine was just discovering the value of digital imaging through the use of MRIs, you know, magnetic resonance imaging, uh, PET scans, uh, positron emission tomography, and CT, computerized tomography scans. Uh, this was all new stuff. Today, it's commonplace. But much, much of what I learned from my work in medical imaging, I applied to my early work in movie making. Indeed, how we perceive patterns has been studied to improve the diagnostic value of medical imaging for many, many years, for many decades, as a matter of fact. And one of the primary parameters in medicine has been the introduction of color, which effectively adds unique resolution uh, to the diagnostic process. And that's one of the things that I was very involved with and, uh, and, and really how I got into colorization originally. You see, visual effects, including colorization and 3D in movies, are nothing but illusions, you know that. Um, in order to make those illusions effective and appear natural, even if you're creating fantasy or sci-fi where images are not necessarily natural, they're not supposed to be natural, it's important to understand the neuroscience of the human visual system and how we perceive the world. Wow, that is absolutely fascinating. Thank you. So you have over 33 patterns, which involve a lot of new ways of looking at things. So what do you attribute your creativity to or new perspective as it relates to these patterns and all the things that you've pioneered? Well, you know, I, I think it requires looking at the world with a unique perspective. That is, seeing things that are obvious to you that are not necessarily obvious to other people. And uh, I don't know if that's learned. I don't know if it's... It, it, or, or whether, uh, whether you're born with it, to be very frank with you. But all my patents came from my entrepreneurial career. So um, when, when I got into neuroscience, there were, there were no tools. Today you can buy books 
that have catalogs that have all of these tools for studying neuroscience. There was nothing like that. I had to borrow from other disciplines and make things work um, uh, to uh, to study the brain. Um, and and very, it was very much true with uh, um, colorization in Hollywood. I also, I mean, Hollywood was was not digital at all. It it, it was still analog. Uh, it, digital in Hollywood didn't happen in the year two thousand. So I had to improvise and invent um, tools to colorize black and white movies um, that didn't exist. Um, they existed in other disciplines, but I had to bring them in. So anyway, uh, I, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> yeah, I think it did. <laughs> and so at what point in your career did you realize that, that this was like a unique skill of yours? Well, I, I think that, that that happened when I started to write scientific grants and scientific papers. Um, I realized that I had a knack for creative writing. Creative writing is very important in science. Um, you're not making things up, but you, but, but, uh, obviously, you know, when you do, when you actually make a discovery, uh, it's important for you to be able to look where that discovery is going and how it's going to be used and what implications it has and that sort of thing. And of course you want to make it as profound as possible. I had what I consider a unique insight into problems and their solutions. The same was true in solving problems in filmmaking. When uh, a bunch of entrepreneurs came to me and asked me to invent a, a process for colorizing black and white movies, well, I, I, I drew from all of the work I had been doing in medical imaging and digital me medical imaging, and you know, believe it or not, the solution came to me instantly. If somebody else who had not, who didn't have all the experience that I had uh, in in digital medical imaging, again, which was very new, would not have the same perspective. So I was able to instantly figure that out. The same was true with 3D. When I invented uh, the process for converting movies from 2D to 3D, uh, th that solution uh, came to me pretty much instantly. That's so interesting. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking with Sophia Carson from Feel the Beat, Reed Howard from Dads. And right now we're listening to to Catherine and Sahiba's interview with Barry Sandrew from Immersive Hollywood. Huh. And um, so you were mentioning um, your career with colorization as well. And I noticed that you invented colorization, but then you went back and reinvented it. So what drove you to better your previous inventions? Well, when I colorized black and white movies initially, um, once again, I have to go back to the fact that uh, digital Hollywood had not happened. Digital Hollywood is a term that came about in 2000. Uh, in 1987, when I left Harvard to invent uh, colorization, there had never been a movie that was fully digitized. In other words, you could not put one onto a, a CD or something of that nature. Um, uh, it, it, you could you could put it on a, a, a laser disc in analog form, but uh, you couldn't really uh, uh, put it on a disc. Uh, not that there were many discs then uh, to be to use to be used anyway. I don't think we. I don't know if we even had floppies back then. But um, you don't even know what a floppy is, do you? But so so, any, so anyway, so I used a lot of these crude techniques uh, to uh, to to create colorization. Um, but in 2000, when I decided to redo it. Um, 
there were much more powerful computers. I didn't even have a network um, back in 87. There were no networks. There were no PC networks that you could use. So everything had to be um, sneaker netted. Uh, we had to take uh, uh, Bernoulli discs, which were a type of uh, uh, medium that was very crude today, but back then it was it was really advanced. And we had to basically walk it over to the different people working on them, and they they'd put one disc in, and and uh, they'd see what was going on. They'd they'd work on it, take that disc out, put it somewhere else. Networks didn't exist. So in 2000, um, again, there were more powerful computers. Uh, there were uh, there was Im image processing technology that was very advanced that I could use. It was much more efficient, and um, the quality was much more much better. Not only that, but when I originally colorized, I did it in standard definition, which was low resolution. Um, in 2000, I was able to colorize in high definition, so I was able to get a lot more out of it and it looked much more realistic. That's amazing how much, you know, technology changes just in a matter of a few years. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Yeah, and then another emerging field um, is like augmented reality and virtual reality. And um, I believe that's something you're currently working on. Um, so how do you think augmented reality is going to um, change the film watching experience? Well, Virtual, you're going to get an answer from me that's probably not going to be the same as you get from most other people. Um, I don't, uh, I don't believe that virtual reality is going to find a mass market. Um, I think it's too costly and it's it's too isolate. It's an isolation type of uh, experience. When you put that headgear on, you put your earphones on, you're totally isolated. And we don't do things that way. We're social, we're social animals. You go to a movie, you go, go to a movie with somebody else, typically. You don't go alone. And you like to watch, people like to watch movies together. So to experience something in VR, yes, it's cool. And a lot of people, I, I mean, inevitably, any, pretty much everybody who puts on a headset and experiences something in virtual reality says, that's really cool. And then you say, well, let me show you something else. And they say, no, I'm good. You know, they've had it, in other words. But augmented reality and, and mixed reality, which is more important, are totally different because it, it, those are social uh, experiences. And this is something I, I always like to bring up because it's something that I, I worked on for a while. Uh, you could go into a Starbucks, for instance, and using your, your, your mobile phone, you could, um, uh, you could look at a corner of the Starbucks and on a table that that's similar to the one you're, sit, you're sitting at, but it's not really there, uh, could be piped into your, your phone and overlaid onto the corner of that Starbucks. And at that table, people could come in, actors, actresses, that are, that are volumetric. In other words, they look 3D. And you can actually walk around them and see different things about them. Uh, one of them could be looking at a uh, FaceTime, and you can actually see the FaceTime if you go over to it, but they are not there. They're all, they're all streamed in onto your phone or onto your, your, your glasses. That's just one example of, of, of the type of uh, entertainment value you can get out of, out of uh, mixed reality. 
Yeah, but all your insights are so wonderful. And um, just hearing you talking about augmented reality and the possible future of it, it gets me really excited, you know, when just when you think you can't do anything else, you know, in film to make it um, cool, you know, there's always something out there. Um, but yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure um, to have you here. I've learned so much personally in this interview. And unfortunately, I would love to talk to you, you know, the rest of the day and hear everything, you know, you have to share. But um, that's going to be it for today. And thank you so, so much once again for being here with us. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It was enjoyable. Yeah, thank you. And please be sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss the next interview or film reviews. See you later. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm Doshita from Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Magic School Bus Blast Off. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Joey and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with Barry Sandrew from Immersive Hollywood. Next, we'll be interviewing Kids First critic Celine about Feel the Beat. Hello, Celine. I'm so happy to be here. Great. Can't wait to hear, hear your take on this film. So, this film is all about courage, perseverance, and inspiration. What about the film inspired you? Well, it's really a tricky question because the whole movie is basically inspiring. But it's really how she showed and brought the character to life and learned about the community and helping others and supporting the team. Yeah. Yeah, many critics... Critics would agree with that sentiment, though others felt that the rise to the stardom trope within the film was a little overdone cliché. Was there anything in this film that set it apart from similar movies? Well, I love the kids and the parents as, like, 
they're in the dance competition. It's really funny and how everybody relax reacts. Yeah. And there's a, really a lot of comedy throughout the movie. True, true. It was very enjoyable. What message do you think the movie was trying to convey? Well, there's a lot of message, but I feel like it's that your imperfections not only really like make you unique, but they make you spectacular and different and really who you are. Commitment is also really important and loyalty and working on a team. And yes, there's also like living in the city versus like a small hometown. Yes, that's a very important message. Um, moving on from the high points to the low points, did you ever think there was ever a weak point in the film? I just thought it was really fun entertainment, and I really enjoyed watching it, so. Yeah, true. I mean, Sophia Carson's films tend to be quite well written. Celine, you um, interviewed Sophia Carson, right? So how'd that feel to talk with her? Well, she was really down to earth, so amazing, so professional, so sweet, and I had a really fun time talking to her about this movie. Celine, after meeting Sophia Carson, did you find that she was similar to her character, April? Yes, because they both shared the love of dance and the love of community, and, but they were like different, in their own way, but like similar also. And they were very upbringing. Well, their upbringing was different. Was there anything in the film that you could relate to personally? Well, the dancing, because I do dance myself and I really love to dance. And I really love the contemporary and all the different dance styles and the emotion they really showed in all the dances. And the dance in the finals are probably my fave, but I don't want to give a spoiler. Uh, Celine, do you think Feel the Beat has the potential for a sequel? Well, I really don't know because I haven't heard anything. But who knows? The writers are really good, and you never know. There could be a sequel next month for all we know. Very, very true. So to conclude our talk, what do you think the age rating would be for Feel the Beat? Um, I would recommend it for ages 6 to 18. Great. At last, what would you rate this film out of five stars? Four and a half out of five stars for entertainment. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're, we're talking with Barry Sandry from Immersive Hollywood, Sophia Carson from Feel the Beat, and Reed Howard from Dads. Right now, we're going to continue Feel the Beat with Celine. This is Celine reporting for Kids First, and today I'll be reviewing the film Feel the Beat. Feel the Beat is the first feel good movie of the summer. It's a heartwarming, light comedy about starting over, life choices, community, ambition, and the importance of working together, all in just two hours of entertainment. Feel the Beat starts when we see April, played by Sophia Carson, on her way to a Broadway dance audition, where the choices she makes impact her future in an unexpected way. 
We feel her ambition, as well as rejection and heartbreak. April leaves her life in New York City to return home to New Hope, Wisconsin. As she tries to hide in her hometown, April is pulled into the local community once again by her old dance instructor, Miss Barr, played by Don Lynn Chaplin, who brings much light and laughter into the movie through her life coaching. My favorite character is April, Sophia Carson, who is magical in this role. I love watching her dance throughout this movie, as well as how she expresses the emotion and humor of her character. My favorite scenes are at the National Dance Finals, but I don't want to give any spoilers to the movie or storyline. Suffice it to say that there is a lot of gentle comedy during the various dance competition scenes throughout the film, and the supportive cast of dancers and their parents really add to the comedy and story. April's love interest, Nick, played by Wolfgang Novats, Novogratz is sweet and supportive in his role and together. They have great chemistry without embarrassing younger viewers. Dance is an important character in this movie, and Kevin Wilson and Haley Payne. The choreographers create some fun scenes in the various dance competitions. Costumes under the supervision of Carol Wong add to the depth of story as we see the New Hope dance team progress and progress from competition to competition in skill, attire, and confidence. The message of this film is that your imperfections not only make you unique, but spectacular, and what a message that is. The movie also shows the importance of loyalty and commitment as we see April learn and grow throughout her journey. The movie on Netflix is on Netflix. Be sure to subscribe to get all of our latest reviews. And don't forget to catch the bottom of my next review. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm Jushita from Florida, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Magic School Bus Blast Off. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Joey, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with Barry Sanders from Immersive Hollywood and reviewing Feel the Beat. Next, we'll be listening to Celine's interview with Sophia Carson from Feel the Beat. Hi, I'm Celine Wise reporting for Kids First. And today, I'm talking with the multi-talented Sophia Carson about her new film, Feel the Beat for Netflix. Congratulations on your roles, April, and Feel the Beat. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. You're very welcome. So, what attracted you about the role to work on this film? So much. I fell in love with April's story for many reasons. First, I fell in love with dance when I was three years old, so I related to her and her struggles and her journey completely. Her love of dance, um, her journey with kind of losing herself and wanting to be the best dancer she can possibly be and forgetting why she truly fell in love with dance to begin with. And most importantly, I really fell in love with the story that we tell through the young girls in the film and the cast of such beautiful and diverse and incredible young girls and boys that unlike April, they aren't trying to be anything else but themselves. They are proud of who they are, where they come from, and we celebrate them in all their glory. And I hope that, you know, women and boys and young girls and boys around the world who watch this feel seen in each and every single one of their characters. That's so great. You could really tell the message from the film. Thank you. So how does it feel to inspire young dancers? You know, it's it's been such a privilege to me to be able to have a platform where I can in some way make an impact to young girls, young dancers, boys in every corner of the world. It really is my most important job. And to inspire young dancers is so exciting because I was once a young dancer with really big dreams of one day being able to live my dreams. So I hope that they're inspired in April's journey and April's story and how relentless she is, how determined she is, how she never, ever, ever gives up. And I hope that they take that with them wherever they go. That's so great. I could really tell through your acting in the movie and it really made me inspiring as well. That's so sweet. Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. So how are you alike or different from April? We are very similar in in many ways. Um, Of course, our love of dance, how um, she's very disciplined and I've been like that as well. I think I learned that from dance, very disciplined, very focused. And I also kind of have that Achilles heel of a little bit of perfectionism, which can be a good thing, but in a lot of ways it can be a weakness and an Achilles heel. So we have to kind of find that middle ground of wanting to be better and to push ourselves, but to not lose ourselves in that. Um, We're different in a lot of ways because April, of course, her story is rooted in a lot of pain. You know, she is so tough 
And um, she has so many walls, like you see her, because she's been through so much. You know, she has this really painful reality that she was abandoned by her mom. Um, so in that sense, um, our stories are a little bit different. But at the end of the day, her story of hope and her inspiring story of homecoming is something that's very close to my heart. That was so great. It's really touching. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking with Barry Sandrew from Immersive Hollywood, Reed Howard from Dads, and reviewing Feel the Beat. Right now we're listening to Celine's interview with Sophia Carson from Feel the Beat. So, did you learn any new skills for this movie or on set? I had to dive back into being a professional dancer and what that means both physically and emotionally. Even though I've been dancing since I was three and I competed nationally and everything growing up exactly as April did, it had been a second since I had really, you know, trained like a professional dancer. And that is challenging emotionally and physically in the best way. So it was really exciting to kind of dive back into that and to, you know, dive back into the ballet and the technique of ballet and to kind of relearn my body as a professional dancer. That's so great. You did wonderful. It almost looked like you never stopped training. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So what's your favorite dance style? My favorite dance style, growing up, I always loved jazz or hip hop, things that were really expressive and fun and upbeat. Um, now I really love contemporary and lyrical. I love how emotional it is. And um, you can just really tell a story through your body and kind of speak your emotions through the language of movement. Oh, that's amazing. My contemporary is my favorite style of dance too, but I also really enjoy ballet. That's amazing. Are you a dancer? Yes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's a wrap. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you so much. You were awesome. Thank you. So were you. I'm a Thank big you. fan, and I hope that our followers will take time to check out this movie. I'm Celine Wise, supporting for Kids First, and today we've been talking with Sophia Carson and her role in Feel the Beat. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss my next interview or review. And those of our other reporters, bye now. Let's take a break. I'm Joey from Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Magic School Bus Blast Off. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Joey and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with Barry Sandrew from Immersive Hollywood, Sophia Carson from Feel the Beat, and reviewing Feel the Beat. Next, we'll be listening to Zoe's interview with Reed Howard from Dads. Hey everyone, I'm Zoe Canella, reporting for Kids First. Today I'm so excited, I get to talk to Reed Howard um, and his new documentary, Dads, that his sister um, directed. So hi Reed, how are you? And congratulations on becoming a dad. Oh, well thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, pretty exciting, pretty crazy. Yeah, I feel like the role of the dad, I feel like moms sometimes get more recognition than dads. It's kind of a cliche, I don't know, but... Do you think that's true? Maybe it's because mothers carry the baby or because they give birth, but... Yeah, well, definitely, I would say, for sure, they do substantially more in actually creating the baby and kind of giving birth. So I think it's just kind of natural for kind of all society to kind of uh, put more of an emphasis on moms. Um, And I I think that's kind of why my sister wanted to make this movie, because... It, it wasn't in any way to be against, against moms, but what she wanted to make sure that, that um, a role of a dad is an important role, and she just wanted that highlighted. Um, and I know that, you know, uh, while my mom was really important to both me and Bryce, my dad was a huge figure in our lives. And then my grandfather, my dad's dad, was very, very hands-on with my dad. And, and so we kind of, um, I guess in our family, you know, the dad role is just as active as the mom role when it comes to being a part of the kids' lives and and them growing. Um, And so I think Bryce just kind of wanted to highlight that, you know, in a society that doesn't always. Yeah, and your dad is very well known for his amazing films and everything that he's doing, but he also had to balance that with his personal life and his family life, and he did that so well. So how do you think he was able to balance the two different lives that he had. Right. Well, the, the one big one was my mom was a huge help in that. So I know this, this movie's called Dads, but my mom was incredible in the way that, um, you know, my dad, we, we would grow up just traveling from kind of all over uh, wherever my dad was filming his next movie. And instead of my mom just staying at home with the family and my dad traveling around, she knew my dad was a big time family guy. And so every time we moved, even though I have three sisters and it's me, she would like find a house to rent and she would find new schools for us to get into. And my dad was working so hard on the movie that all that coordinating stuff, he wasn't as active in. So he was very active at home. Like he would be, he'd be there for us and he would, and we could go to set and hang out with him. Um, And he was very balanced in that way. But I have to say my mom was a huge role in, in the way that it kind of empowered us to travel from whatever country to country, city, city to city, state to state, uh, with wherever my dad was, um, which was really great for all of us kind of as a growing experience. That's so sweet. 
Um, and how did you feel when your sister asked you to be part of this documentary that is about dads? I and mean, it's like mind blowing. Um, yeah, well, so I think my sister at first asked my dad whether or not she could put some stuff from our family into this documentary. My dad was like, that was a hard no. Um, and then she just kind of willed away at him and got my dad to be okay with doing like an interview. And then she kept saying, she, I think she even said this to me before, you know, I found out that we were expecting that uh, she wanted to find a dad that was not a dad yet and then interview him before and then interview him after he has a baby. And then it was actually kind of an accident, but after my wife, Ashley got pregnant and then, um, and then Bryce jumped on it right away. She was like, Reed, will you do this interview? It's kind of a cool thing. Granddad will be in it. Dad's in it. And I was like, okay, if you think it'll help the movie, sure. I'll, I'd love to do it. Cause it was a fun thing being able to actually talk with my sister about it. So. That's so nice. And, um, is it true that your dad named you after the places that you guys were conceived? Oh God. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that is true. Well, no, that's definitely true. Uh, and he's been very public about talking about that, which is, which has followed me my entire life. Uh, yeah. So I'm lower. Uh, my, my middle name is cross, which is mm-hmm. after a street. Um, not that far from here, actually, it was Lower Cross Road, where we had a house. Um, Bryce, um, I think my dad was doing a movie maybe called Through the Magic Pyramid, some sort of movie down in Dallas, Texas, and Bryce's middle name is Dallas. And then um, the, my twin sisters obviously have the same middle name, and it's Carlisle, and I think that's the Carlisle Hotel in New York. So, um, not, Does that give you guys like, a special about. meaning to your name? I'm sorry? Do you think that gives you guys like a special meaning to your name? It is a special meaning, but I think uh, me and my siblings sometimes just like to forget about it. it. No, but it's funny. It's a funny thing, and, and we kind of enjoy it. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking with Barry Sandry from Immersive Hollywood, Sophia Carson from Feel the Beat, and right now we're going to continue Zoe's interview with Reed Howard from Dads. Yeah, and the documentary Dads show that Dads, um, they're key, and they really are partnership. That's what parenting is. What was the purpose, do you think, of making documentary dads? You know, honestly, I think that my sister is like a big-time equalist in the way that not only, you know, and I guess you could call it feminist, but she really feels like uh, everything should be sort of equal in society. And, you know, there's obviously a large disparity between men and women in the workplace for for how much they get paid. Um, And so maternity leave is a big thing where it's like some companies would maybe shy away from hiring maybe a 27-year-old woman that hasn't had any kids yet because they wouldn't want to give large quantities of maternity leave or deal with. And so she saw the discrepancy there and that really frustrated her. But then on the other side, she saw the fact that men weren't really empowered as caretakers. So if women are going to be frustrated that that they're sort of supposed to be the caretaker, then if you want to try to make that equal, you have to empower men to be caretakers as well. And what she wanted to show was, yeah, and she didn't show this in the documentary, but you know, in her belief, women can be the most hardcore CEOs. They can run the country. They can run Fortune 500s. Um, but, but don't go ahead and tell men that they can't take care of kids. Um, you know, so don't, don't say I'm the mom, so I'm going to take care of the kids, uh, like an empowerment. No, men can take care of kids too. And I think she really wanted to highlight that men can be wonderful caretakers and that it's important that men think they should be caretakers, uh, so that society, so that women can take care of kids, men can take care of kids. 
men can go and work and women can go and work and like truly a more balanced society. And so I think that was sort of the point of why she wanted to do this, um, in my opinion. Definitely. Um, so in this documentary show, this is story of six dads, I believe. So which story did you connect with most out of the six? Oh my God. You know what? I, uh, I just thought I was completely out of my league. Um, they are such all incredible stories. I actually got to meet them on a Zoom call and I was just like, you guys, because all of them are these stories of them facing such adversity and them coming through it, um, I don't know, with such character and they're just such great caregivers. They care about their family so much and I care about my family so much, but I just, you know, I was just kind of Joe Schmo, just like normal. My wife got pregnant. We had a kid and it was exciting. You know, it was difficult to put my car seat together and all my stuff together. But these guys have dealt with some really difficult things and they've come through and they have such great relationships with their kids. And uh, it was really inspiring stories of just amazing fatherhood. Um, so I don't know which one I connected to most. I was really just kind of inspired by all of them. It's so nice to hear. And in this documentary, there's so many big personalities like Will Smith, there's um, Jimmy Fallon. There's so many big personalities. So do you think it's hard for people to imagine them as fathers? You know what? It's so funny with this whole Corona thing and everything getting shut down and then all these guys doing the shows from their houses. So this was like the first time that I think these interviews that Bryce did way before this happened where they would talk about their kids and they talk about themselves as fathers. And then it's so funny that all this shut down. And if you go watch like Jimmy Fallon on YouTube for the last, whatever, two months, just his girls are just all over him. So I think uh, if, if this whole Corona thing didn't happen, it would have been a real shocker to hear these guys, Conan and Jimmy Fallon and Kimmel and all these guys, um, Will Smith talking about their kids. But um, for the last two or three months, they've all been working from home and you've kind of gotten to know them as dads a little bit. So it's kind of been cool. Yeah. And, from your dad's parenthood, what did you implement from that? Or what did he give you any tips on how to be a father? Or how did you? <laughs> yeah, so I think the biggest thing that he did was, um, first of all, he like would just lead by example. He didn't give me a lot of tips. He, he was just a good dad. And I can think back at the things that he used to do that made an impact on me. And so hopefully I can go ahead and do those things that will make an impact on Aspen. But his one big thing of advice was, that there's just going to be all sorts of curveballs, And so whatever you're expecting is not going to be exactly what will happen. So just make sure that you're nimble and that you try to make good decisions along the way. It sounds simple, but that, that really was his advice. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. And finally, do you think being a father is a really life changing experience for you? And what do you think is the biggest inheritance that your children are going to get from you? Oh, man. Well, yeah, it's definitely a big life-changing um, thing. And, and if no one thinks it will be, then, then they don't have fair expectations because, you know, it's just you have a super high level of responsibility taking care of this creature, making sure that it's okay. Um, it's like a mini you running around the house. Sorry? It's like a mini version of you just running around the house. I know, I know. And you got to make sure it doesn't touch too many outlets. Like, um, but, uh, but, and as far as something that it takes for me, um, I just want – I want her to be happy and I really believe that for her to have a happy life, she needs to be uh, really honest and hardworking and passionate about something. And so if I can instill anything on her, it's just those core values 
of needing to be an honest person, needing to be a hardworking person, and then to have passion, have some direction. Um, and I don't know, if I can get those across, then, then I'll, I'll be pretty happy about it. You can't miss that on Apple TV. It's the perfect Father's Day celebration. Reed was such a pleasure to talk to. And make sure to give us a like and subscribe to Kids First Reviews and Interviews. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Magic School Bus Blast Off. I'm Joey from Florida. Goodbye. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.